Welcome to Season 7 of the Dayton Women in the Word podcast. Our ministry's simple goal is to help women read their Bibles. We want to be women who know and believe God's Word and share what God's Word is teaching us with others. This season, Go Tell It, we'll be focusing on that last part, sharing with others. We'll ask each guest how God has called her to share the good news of the gospel in her life. We'll hear from women in a variety of seasons, stages, and missions. We invite you to listen in and ask God how you can be sharing the good news too. Are you passionate about women reading their Bibles? We would love to have you as a part of our team. Details about the available positions and how to apply for the 2020 Dayton Women in the Word team are posted on the website. Deadline to apply is next Friday. Well, welcome back to the Dayton Room of the Word podcast. I am one of the co-hosts, Bethany, and we are currently in season seven. Um, So this season has followed um, studying the gospel of Mark, and now we are talking um, with all of our guests about what sharing the gospel means to them in their um, current season of life. So today I am in the studio with my friend Libby. And I'm so excited that she's here today. So Libby, why don't you um, tell our guests a little bit about yourself and what your current season of life looks like? Okay. Hey. (laughs) I am a wife of um, almost four years to my husband, Aaron. We have three children. So Kennedy is two and a half, Judah is one and a half, and Piper is one month. Um, So that is what most of my life looks like (laughs) at this point. Um, I am from Dayton. I I say God brought me to Dayton upon birth 25 (laughs) years ago. (laughs) Um, So in 2011, actually, I moved to Illinois um, to attend college. And um, Aaron and I lived there for one year of our marriage. And so after... um, just spending time in Chicago, I worked as a social worker. Aaron um, worked in healthcare and was also a student. We moved back to Dayton in 2016, so I've I've lived here um, for three years now. After moving back, um, so 2016, we we made the conscious decision to move back. Um, I was pregnant at the time with Kennedy which is so crazy to think about. It seemed like forever ago. And um, my stepdad at the time was really ill with cancer. Um, so we, just for those reasons, made the decision to be near to family. And I'm glad that we did. Um, it's been a joy to live here. Um, to be honest, something I was really anxious about. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Lord has really provided um, well for us here. So some fun things. <laughs> In my free time, oh, how that changes. I I love to cook, and mostly I love to eat DLM black and white cookies. <laughs> Do you like to cook them or just eat them? I like to just eat them, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Believe it or not, I enjoy cleaning my house. That's shocking at times. And I would say the thing I love the most 
is having people in our home, mm. just having people over and eating good food, having good conversation. That's awesome. That sounds great to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what does the gospel mean to you in your own words, if you would have to explain it to someone? So put most simply, I would say the gospel is the good news that we have in Christ Jesus. Um, I can answer this in a lot of ways. So um, first, you know, we know that God God created everything in his image perfect and good. So before the fall, Adam and Eve lived in this wholeness and unity um, and just this perfect harmony with each other. As the scripture tells us, they were naked and unashamed, which I think is a helpful image for our hearts mm -hmm. today to realize why we're always yearning for mm -hmm. this just moreness. Is that a word? I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, but just because it was originally created to be that way. Mm -hmm. um, and so um, when Satan tempted Eve to eat of the fruit that the Lord forbid them to eat, she fell into sin. Um, and really because she believed Satan's lies and mm -hmm. wanted to become like God, um, how reflective of our daily life. And um, so God sent his son to be the perfect sacrifice on a cross for our sins. And I just think it's beautiful how only a human so blameless and perfect could be the adequate propitiation for our sin um, as he was fully human and fully man. And so um, in this, he bore the wrath deserved for us that we might know grace and freedom through the Father. And though Jesus first came to fulfill the law, he will come again in his second coming to restore his people to the Father that um, we can partake in that wholeness and mm -hmm. unity and perfect harmony. So That was a good one. <laughs> I do think that like that verse, it's, it's always interesting to, because we have the blessing of living post when all of scripture was written and right. the majority of you know scripture has come to pass like obviously we're still waiting for christ to return but all of the stuff that we read in scripture happened a long time ago and we kind of are like spoiler alert we know you know we know what's totally. gonna happen totally. um but then to purposefully like go back in genesis and read those couple of chapters of really what things were meant to be before sin mm -hmm. came in and you know the gospel is here because sin is here right but re, you know reminding ourselves of what god intended for us as humans in those couple of chapters before we screwed everything up and that you know that verse that you shared about you know being naked and unashamed it also makes me think of um you know, our constant struggle with vulnerability totally. in community. I mean, totally. you'll probably talk about community later, but, you know, originally we were designed, like he designed us to be in community before sin. Like we don't need other people because of sin. Like he created that before it got messed up. And then we were created to be vulnerable. So it makes sense that that becomes a huge struggle that we need the gospel to overcome because of sin. Like how, right. you know, while I'm, uh, you know, Enneagram 2 and like Libby and I are like almost the same person, you know, <laughs> I I just like have verbal diarrhea all the time and I'll share anything. But that's also not the same as being vulnerable and how yeah. hard 
especially with fellow believers, is it to truly be vulnerable? And like, mm-hmm. we need the gospel for that, mm-hmm. to be that, to have that relationship with other people. And to think that like, it's, it's really more natural for us, it should be more natural for us in Christ to be vulnerable than not. Yeah, you'd think. <laughs> you'd think. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about how you came to believe the gospel yourself? Yeah, so I was raised um, I was raised in a Christian home. Um, you know, I was involved in the church for all of my childhood. So I would say seeds were planted in my home um, in my school, in church, um, through my friends, but my heart was hardened mm-hmm. towards the gospel for most of my childhood. Um, I experienced the Lord beautifully in ways, but I would say I never, I never really, um, it just, I was, my heart was never this fleshly sensitive mm-hmm. in that state. Um, and so I would really attribute. Um, how I came to know the gospel and how the Lord saved me to my time in college. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in college, the Lord really began to pursue me, and I felt sensitive for the mm-hmm. first time, vulnerable, as we were just <laughs> talking about. Um, I had solid Christian friends. Um, that was my first real example of Christian community and how being a believer is holistically who we are. Mm-hmm. So what I mean by that is it's not like we're believers only and certain days at certain times and certain places, um, but it is our it's our personhood. It's mm-hmm. who we are. So it was beautiful and shocking to me that and foundational to realize that there's people who know my sin and they want to still hang out with me and like be my friend. And, and isn't me. that like what God does? Right. And this to me was um, life altering. Truly. I would also attribute um, the Lord's pursuit of me and a discipler, um, a beautiful woman of God um, in the house church that I attended in Chicago. Her name was Heidi, and Heidi um, mentored me for about a year, year or so. Um, she would read the word with me. She would answer my outlandish questions <laughs> that I had. Uh, she would show me grace. She would call out sin. Um, we actually did this. I wouldn't say it's a practice, but in our accountability type mm-hmm. groups called the hot seat. Oh, yes, the hot seat. The hot seat. <laughs> so Heidi introduced me to the hot seat. And really, it's just this model of, um, you know, let's just say two to six women that you um, that you know. This wouldn't be something that you would start out doing if you're new to an accountability group necessarily. (laughs) You want the relationship and um, trust to be there. And you basically have like two hours and you can ask any question that you want. And all that is asked of the person sharing is that they are just vulnerable Mm -hmm. and honest and um, yielding to the Holy Spirit to move through this conviction and confession of sin. And that was hard. <laughs> that was hard for me, but beautiful. So the Lord really used that. And I would say primarily um, the Lord used my then boyfriend, now husband, Aaron, um, to really show me the gospel. So when Aaron and I met when I was 17, um, we were not believers. We were not living as believers. And I, I had prayed to the Lord that 
maybe I did test the Lord. I don't know. He was gracious regardless of what I was trying to do. But <laughs> to like, okay, if you're real, show me. Like, show me mm-hmm. that you're real. Like, I want to see you really change someone's life because these pieces in the Bible, they just weren't connecting mm-hmm. with me. Like, just show me. And he did. He radically transformed Aaron's life right in front of my eyes. And I remember um, I would share things with Aaron in college about how I felt the Lord was grabbing hold of my heart and would share scripture. And Aaron actually was reading the Bible just to argue my points. And the Lord saved him. God's like, gotcha. Gotcha. (laughs) (laughs) And the Lord saved Aaron's life through allowing that's how he got Aaron to open up his Bible mm. right like just to argue um, <laughs> my points so that was huge for me and I felt like my heart became soft and sen- sensitive to the scripture and the truth of what my community was sharing and so those seeds that were once planted in my home in my church in my school um, they were growing and growing and um, the Lord has used community to be one of if not the primary besides scripture um, to sustain and persevere my faith, mm-hmm. um, even to this day, just sisters and brothers loving me despite my sin, encouraging me, washing my dishes, loving my kids, serving me, correcting me when I'm talking crazy. <laughs> so <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so, how would you say that God is leading you to share the gospel in this current season of life, and how might that? be different from um, the past? Yeah. I would say that primary way, the primary way that comes to my mind would be motherhood. Mm. Um, Though this season of motherhood seems forever more, some days it feels fleeting. Um, And so the answer on the forefront of my mind is that the Lord is leading me to live out the gospel to our small children. Um, Some days... Okay, most days, this looks like taming my tongue mm. and just not snapping when I'm exhausted and angry or irritated. And I'm learning that I'm more like my children than I'm not. <laughs> That's humbling yeah. because there's really nothing that my children can do that I'm incapable of doing. So, for instance, not listening disobeying the same thing multiple times, throwing tantrums when they don't get their way, not wanting to engage in family worship, not wanting to pray at the table. Um, I, I do this too. And so this is good to keep in mind when I realize that, yes, they need parented, they need direction, they need correction, but so do I. Um, and Christ is parent over me, and I have to remember this when parenting my children so that I don't become like self-righteous mm. when God has given me an opportunity to be human in front of them. Um, so by having those correcting conversations, by saying, hey, you know, I tend I tend to be upset when things don't go my way also. And so I'm, I'm like you in that way. Mm. And here is the good news we have, that Christ, you know, sent his son he lived a life we couldn't live. He died the death that we deserve to die. Um, he rose again and is conquering sin and death. So then in these moments, we can be rescued from us mm-hmm. because we need rescued from us. And so, um, yeah, I would say it is a different season of life. So another aspect to that would be our family worship time. Um, 
we try to be as consistent as possible, but we're straight up humans, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, so really, I would say family worship has evolved over the last two and a half years with, um, that's how old our oldest daughter is. So mostly this looks like first we'll start out with, we have these um, character cards. So they're the alphabet on one side. Mm-hmm. So, and they're all characteristics characteristics of God. So A would be, he's all knowing. So then on the back, um, it's a Bible verse, and then just explaining how God is all knowing. I don't, I think our kids could care less about this, but it's good because they're learning the alphabet while also learning characteristics characteristics of God. And then to keep them engaged after they're bored by that probably is we will sing like, you know, the Barney, I love you song or twinkle, <laughs> twinkle, little star. And then we'll ask them um, who they want to pray for. Mm. It's always the same people that they want to pray for. Um, or Kennedy tells us she doesn't want to pray at all. And this is, this used to really frustrate me, to mm-hmm. be honest. Like, it messed me up to be like, why does she not want to pray? Like, why is it so easy for her to want to, like, watch a movie? But then I ask her to pray, and like, you would have thought I just, like, wrecked her life. <laughs> and my husband reminds me often that, like, she does not know the Lord. Mm. Like, she has no idea what we're teaching her at this point, but this is how she will know. Mm. We be consistent when it's hard. And um, so... Yeah, just hopefully that's encouraging to someone out there. Um, so we'll do the card, we'll sing some type of song, we'll pray, and then we'll end with a doxology. And um, I'm I'm hoping that we're planting seeds. I'm trusting in God that we are. But mm-hmm. family worship is beautiful. It is difficult, and it is ever changing. Mm-hmm. So. I think it's been really neat this this concept so libby and i go to the same church so this idea of family worship it's been really encouraging to my heart as a single woman with no kids um just to see families kind of figure out how to do this in a way they regardless of what it looks like for each family you know they're intentional about trying to make it work for their um kids and obviously like you know, Libby said, it's going to look different for every family. It's going to look different, you know, when your kid is two versus when your kid is four and um, things like that. But just being so encouraged by their um, their kind of steadfastness in the process, because I see the difference in their kids. Like, I'm sure day in and day out, it's probably hard um, for the parents to see big changes mm. in their kids because it's every single day. Um, but as somebody who's like a little bit removed from that process, like it's so cool when we meet for city group to hear the kids, like when we say, you know, what do you want to, what do you want to sing? And this little three-year-old is like the doxology. I'm like, I don't think I knew that word when I was three. (laughs) Um, and then one of the little guys in our city group, his first request is always joy to the world. And I was like, you know what? Who cares? It's April. Like that song's still true. Like joy to the world the lord has come like praise the lord you are not wrong so just as an encouragement that family worship isn't just about the families who have the kids it's about that whole like you said the communal aspect because we all benefit from it like you know the people in my city group invite me along to help disciple their kids even though i didn't give birth to them and like what you know i think singleness in the church is something that like 
we don't really get right a whole lot but seeing families engage with you know the older people who are empty nesters and you know single people and just like we're all doing this together like that's what Christ laid out in his gospel for us to do this together. So like, just know that, you know, you probably, and I'm sure there's plenty of listeners who are like, I don't like, I am not getting this right. Like Mm -hmm. it'll be a miracle if my kids ever come to know the Lord, which it is like, it's a miracle that any of us (laughs) ever come to know the Lord. Yeah. But just know that like seeing you guys parent your kids is also a testament of the gospel in the rest of our lives too. Right. And I, I would add to that because I, yes 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 to everything that you said is i think family worship can feel awkward at least for my husband and i we didn't um this is a new concept mm-hmm. to us and so when you have people in your home and it's bedtime and time to do it mm-hmm. you're kind of like ooh, ah. <laughs> the forces of satan are <laughs> against you it's like ah i guess we should do the things that we're doing every day when people are over even when it's hard <laughs> Um, is to invite them to do it. So Mm -hmm. one way that we do that is just to have that guest, whether they're single, a couple, a family, and and it's one of their children that want to do it, read read that card. Mm -hmm. So just have them, if you don't do cards, read the verse. Just have them read the Bible verse or um, have your kids pray for that family that's there. Like try try to involve them rather than making it seem like you're in this game and they're on the sideline mm-hmm. watching. Yeah. Like you want, it's it makes it less awkward because it can be awkward. Like it's beautiful, but it can be hard when there's people in your home who are believers and in your community in your everyday life, like you were talking about, or when they're not. Like mm-hmm. if they're not believers, like we should still be doing family worship. So yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. So what barriers do you feel like you've encountered as um, you share the gospel, whether it's in your current season or in past seasons? I would say it's in past and current seasons, but pride, Mm. mostly pride. Um, Neglecting my responsibility to share the gospel because I am too prideful to risk awkwardness or risk relationships in the way that people view me um, based off offending them you know in some type of way so it's almost this passive stance on their eternal life because i don't want to feel awkward which is sad it sounds crazy but um i would say that's a that's a barrier that i it manifests differently Mm -hmm. i'll talk around things i will um i guess one approach that I would take in sharing the gospel initially is just to ask questions, kind of like gauge mm. where they're at. And if I feel like they're not into like hearing it at all, I'll just dodge. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I just, you know, that. So pride. Totally. <laughs> I know. I always feel like when when we're doing accountability stuff and we ask about, you know, confessing sin, I'm like, well, my stuff always manifests differently, but it's pretty much comes back to either pride or selfishness, which is selfishness is probably like a fruit of pride. So I'm like, well, eh, that, yeah. yeah, it looks different, but it's basically <laughs> the same. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what encouragement would you have um, for our listeners who are struggling in sharing the gospel in their current season? That's a good question and could probably be answered in many ways. Um, 
this this isn't a cop out answer, but really I would say just share it. I think as believers, um, we have to remember that we have everything that we need. We have it in Christ, mm. and so even when we ourselves are feeling anxious, a lack of confidence in how people you know will react to hearing it for the first time, the sixtieth time, we know that and trust, have faith that Christ is our confidence. Um, and so their response cannot be the driving factor of why we aren't sharing the gospel. And I tend to get stuck there to be transparent, you know, just in the fear and uncertainty of how they will react. And so that's why I say just share it and allow the Holy Spirit to move in the way that the Holy Spirit chooses to move. Um, I, I would also say... I, for me personally, I'm likely to attribute not sharing the gospel due to a lack of knowledge. Oh, I I won't be able to answer that question. I won't be able to put it simply enough for them. I I won't rebuttal with an intelligent answer. Um, and if I dig a little deeper into my heart, I would have to say that's that's an apathetic lack of compassion for people. Like I wouldn't necessarily come out and say, oh. I don't care about people that much, but my priorities in my life when it comes to sharing the gospel likely would reveal that. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm lax when it comes to praying for my unsaved family members, setting aside time to interact and engage with those who don't know Christ. And so lost people seem like a low priority. So I would say just share the gospel, just share the gospel, um, whether it's the way that someone shared it with you, whether it's being consistent with people, um, even if it's uncomfortable or you have to sacrifice your time to meet with them weekly, you know, to continue to answer their questions, to continue to pursue them, to be that support for them. Um, and just reflect back on how you, how the Lord used people to save you. Mm. And almost, um, if you're able to model that. That's, um, I think it's interesting where I'm currently studying Hebrews with some girls at school. And um, a couple weeks ago, we kind of talked through the Hall of Faith chapter that like a lot of people are familiar with. But what struck me this time, you know, I've read that multiple times. Um, but what struck me this time, maybe, maybe because last year I went through the 365 reading plan. So I, you know, saw those people in their contexts reading through scripture. But it's like all of those people listed lived out their faith in different ways. And like some of the people that are included in that list um, are kind of surprising. Like mm. the first set of questions kind of walk through like Abel and Enoch and I forget who else, um, Noah. And like, how did they, you know, which one of their kind of testaments to faith um, do you resonate more with? And I was like, you know, Enoch's example was like this steadfast, you know, walk with the Lord. And I was like, I don't know that I'm very steadfast. I'm like peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys, like right. steadfast doesn't feel like it describes me. But then even looking at like Rahab was included and like we only have like a little snippet of Rahab's life, but somehow, you know, she is included in this list. And then Samson, like he died because of like the direct consequences of his sin but like his last um his last act here on earth was an act of you know living out obedience and coming back to christ so like seeing that varied 
you know, those varied ways that people's faith kind of plays out and like what their circumstances are is an encouragement to me. Like you were saying that like, we just have to be obedient where, where we're at and like, whether it's the circumstances that life has dealt us that we have no control over or because of, you know, choices we've made, Mm -hmm. um, we still are called to be faithful on the other side of that. That's good. Um, So what places do you feel like in scripture help you when you are sharing the gospel with somebody? I I love this question because I feel like it allows me to reflect back on what we were just talking about um, on how sharing the gospel has has affected me and then with me how how when I've shared the gospel, how it's been uh, flourishing and quite the learning experience to say the least. Um, So I... I'm going through um, a first, second, and third John study with um, a group of girls, and so I think I would. I'm prone probably to share something out of what I'm currently learning. Oh, how the Lord will do that! Uh, but First John four ten, um, John writes, "In this is love, not that we have loved, but God loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins." And so I, I would find this verse the most helpful to share because it lays out the act of the cross Mm. Um, that it wasn't our love that sent christ to the cross but his love for us and in my personal experience i am prone to a great fear of the lord Um, i'm not talking this revering hallowed be your name type fear but more this paralyzing fear of the lord and so what i mean by this is my flesh tends to have me believe when I'm obedient, he's more pleased. Mm-hmm. When I'm disobedient to the point, when I'm disobedient and sin, it's to the point where he questions um, my adoption mm-hmm. or my, um, just that I am his child. And basically like my performance, good or bad, alters what was bought on the cross. And what was bought on the cross is final. Um, similarly to you know when when we see a parent adopt a child to pursue them to go through um the beautiful and brokenness of what that looks like there's no option for them to like get store credit you know like i want to return this please can i get (laughs) a merchandise card to you know go spend in the store like they're forever because you chose them and so my hope would be that a non-believer would find great rest in their soul and hearing that Christ adopted and saved us apart from our performance, but on the basis of his love. Um, Like Christ, I feel like John really states this well in 1 John, but Christ loved us way before we ever had the chance to drop the ball. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Or had the chance to please him. So I've been the most confident in sharing the gospel when articulating with non-believers that this salvation is not so much dependent, well, not dependent at all on us, but on the basis that the Lord first chose to love us. 
Yeah, I love I love your reference to like the finality of the work on the cross too. Um, something that's come up repeatedly in Hebrews and like throughout Scripture. Like, how often does God have to repeat Himself? Not because He's forgetful, but because we're forgetful. Mm-hmm. But there's this theme in Hebrews um, that Christ is seated at the right hand of God the Father, and like you don't sit down unless you're done. Like. You know, if you have all of these, you know, dishes left to do in the kitchen, like if you go sit down, like those dishes aren't getting done. Right. So like Christ sat down because he's like, guys, like it's done. Like, look at me. I'm seated. That is good. And just like how often do we fall into that lie of like, no, I have to I have to do something else, which like our merit was never going to get it done anyways. But (laughs) whatever. It's like stupid, like hamster wheel. Like, okay, cool. Right. Um. So, yeah. Um, so as we wrap up, any last kind of words of wisdom for our listeners? I I really... Um, or encouragement. Maybe wisdom is a little too intimidating. <laughs> <laughs> I have no wisdom. No, I'm kidding. I would say encouragement would really just be um, even if you're in community, if you're not in community, if you want to be a community, um, to pray for that if you're not in community to pray that the Lord would place brothers and sisters in your life and if you are to just be vulnerable with them um, I, I maybe only the Lord knows I feel like I personally know that the Lord has used community and sisters um, and brothers to really persevere my faith and so um, that has been the greatest joy of my life to um, share share this faith journey with people. And so I would just say, say that as an encouragement. Um, if you're feeling weary in your community that um, it is it matters to the Lord. Um, and um, yeah. That's great. That's a good word. All right, Livy. Well, thanks for hanging out with us today. Thanks for having me.